Welcome to Archetype Aperture. I'm Jim, the host of the show. This podcast is designed for beginner to intermediate photographers, and this was supposed to be a daily podcast. However, it's turning out that it's not even a weekly podcast. <laughs> I record whenever I have time. As a full-time employee and a part-time photographer, it's very difficult to find the time to sit down and do this. So with that being said, today's episode is about what to expect when shooting a wedding. Now I'm no expert here. I'm only sharing what I've learned. Okay. So it's, it's been a while. So this might be a long one. Please hang with me till the end. <laughs> and I appreciate it in advance. So maybe you've had, a thought that you'd like to get into shooting wedding photography and there's nothing wrong with that whatever you'd like to do whatever you're comfortable shooting that's what you need to shoot so i'm going to give you some tips that i picked up this year while shooting weddings my first tip to you as a beginner to intermediate photographer is that you should it's always best to be a second shooter for an established wedding photographer. Now, I didn't do this because I'm a stubborn person and I have no patience. <laughs> At this point in the game, I wish I had. So all the things I'm going to talk about are the things I learned on the fly. First things first, you can never prep enough. Just when you think you you have it all together, it can be a very different story when you arrive to the venue. So this might be a good piece of advice for you, or maybe not. But the next wedding I shoot, I'll be scouting the venue before the day of the wedding. Finding out what types of lighting are at a venue and how much light there will be is definitely a must. Now, the last wedding I shot, I had the address, I had everything I needed to do. I should have gone by and checked out the venue prior to the wedding day. And the reason I say that is I got there and the, the lighting was poor. Okay. So I already knew that I would be shooting in low light. Now the, the gentleman, the caretaker of the, of the, of the venue told me that they'll most likely be darker than what he showed me, which is, and especially when, you know, there's windows. So when it gets dark, there'll be no natural light coming in the windows, what have you. Also, there were all types of mixed lighting. And what I mean by that is you have some fluorescent bulbs, you have some incandescent bulbs, you have uh, other various lighting around the stage, around the, the, the bride and groom, what have you. Now there was a backdrop behind the bride and groom that was made out of Christmas lights and it was very well done and it looked very nice. But as a photographer, what I would have wanted to do was to pull their table about five feet away from that so that I could bokeh all those little light balls and just get them in focus. However, that was not an option. So mixed lighting can be very problematic when trying to get the right white balance, having to consistently or constantly switch uh, white balance is a, it's a pain. And especially when you see a moment happening and you have it framed exactly how you want it. 
This can be the difference between capturing the shot and missing it completely. So make sure you have plenty of external lighting, i.e. flash, softboxes, constant lights, things of that nature. Now, you're not going to be carrying around a, a 50 pound constant light with a plug and, and a 100 foot extension cord. It's just not going to happen. But if you can use a onboard softbox over your flash, that would be the best option because you're going to be mobile. You're going to be running around the venue all night. And another something I came up with that I should have done was trying to set up a place, find a spot that you can set up a place almost with a nice little backdrop that you can light it with your constant light and have everything ready to go. And that way, uh, basically you're setting up a photo station, almost like a photo booth. I know some weddings have photo booths and that's what that is, but yeah, you have it ready to go and possibly, you know, maybe you have a backdrop, whatever, whatever you want to do in that area. If there's an, a, a place for you to be able to do that, this is going to cause almost everyone at the reception to come to you which is awesome because then you're not having to go around to each and every table and try and take individual or group photos of everybody in the dark with a flash at F2.8 or F1.8, whatever your lens will go. Because the only person, there's only going to be like one, maybe two people in focus. The rest of the people are going to be just blurred. Just something to think about. I don't know if that's helpful or if it's not. But I know that I'll be a better communicator on the next wedding that I shoot. Now, let me real quick before we move on. I'm just going to say that like that I only I'm only shooting weddings to afford the things that I really want to shoot, which is mainly landscape. I love shooting landscape. We live in Florida here or I live in Florida here and there's not a lot of great landscape. You just have to get creative with it. But I love big open blue skies. I love shooting over the water. Those are the things I enjoy doing the most. But you got to sometimes you got to take the gigs that pay to, to take the gigs that don't. All right. So with that being said, let's just, let's get into the gear because I know that you guys are probably all worried about your gear. So let's get into it. The first thing I'll tell you when talking about gear in my opinion is one of the most important things is make sure you have plenty of memory cards whatever kind of card your camera takes make sure you have plenty of space and plenty of memory to accept all the photos and video that you're going to be shooting and you possibly if you have the option to do so bring something that you can offload or at least copy all the files onto whether it's a an ipad a, a laptop or a an external hard drive whatever it may be just uh, i'm just throwing that out there it's a great resource to have it's something that you one less thing you have to worry about and here's another important tip that goes along with that change your memory card frequently the last wedding i did <laughs> i didn't change the sd card uh, after the ceremony and I was shooting the reception and I was flipping back and forth between video and photo and of course when you shoot in 4k it takes up a lot more memory I ran out of space while shooting the reception luckily I had my second shooter there on hand and we'll get into that in a little bit now I'm not going to cover all the types of gear that you'll need that changes based on how you shoot and what gear you actually have. I will say 
an excellent resource is lensrentals.com. Now, this is not a sponsored ad at all in any shape or form. I just love them and will never use any other rental house. I needed a lens and I got it within three days of ordering. It's just a great idea for those of you shooting on a dime and still haven't purchased a piece of gear that you've been saving up for. Like, you know, maybe a lens or whatever it may be. Most likely it's a lens because lenses are super expensive. For me, that's what it is. I rented a 24 to 70 RF uh, 2.8 and it, it was awesome. It was an amazing lens. I barely took it off my camera. The next tip that I'm going to give you, and this is important, almost one of the, it's, it's right up there in the top five. <laughs> I think I only gave you, I think I've only wrote down five. Uh, don't miss shots. Okay. What's going to cause you to miss shots? This can happen in a bunch of different ways, but having a shot list can help you to not miss important shots and not getting wrapped up in how many photos you're taking or chimping constantly. And if you don't know what chimping is, I thought I talked about chimping in one of my previous episodes. I'm not sure, but chimping is when you take a photo and then you look down at the LCD screen to see if it came out right. Really, the only thing you can check there is the exposure because that little three inch screen or four inch screen or whatever it may be is not going to be 100% representative of what the photo actually looks like. So if, you, if you're just checking your composition and maybe the exposure, great. But I, I strongly recommend, I mean, I know everybody, I still chimp a little bit. You're still going to do it whether I tell you to or not. And even when you think about it beforehand, you're still going to go, you're still going to do it. So, okay. Carrying on. And this is something that I got sucked into because it was a friend's wedding. And all right. So listening to everyone and being pulled all over the place when you should be focusing on the bride and groom. I don't know how many times I, hey, come here, come here, Mr. Photographer, Mr. Photographer, come take shots with me and aunt so-and-so or take shots with grandma. What's her name? Okay. So yes, those shots are important too. They're just as important as, I don't know, uh, the bride and groom, maybe I'm not really, but they, the bride and groom are going to want to see those photos. So it is important, but there will be time for walk around shots is what I call them. I'm not sure what the actual term is, but I call them walk around shots when the bride and groom are eating or doing something that's not really woo woo. So <laughs> those, the, you'll have time for that stuff. You just have to, you always have to remain in control of you and of you and the situation and as much as you possibly can, because I know we can't always control the situation that we're in. All right. So that's a, a very important tip. Now this may, this next tip may not be something that we can all do. We may not all have the resource to have a backup camera, but have a backup camera. I don't care what it is. If it's a GoPro, if it's your cell phone, if it's a Polaroid camera, have a backup camera. Now I have two cameras. I have a hard time selling my cameras. So I have, I actually have more than the two, but I have the, I brought the two cameras. My second shooter was using my backup camera and I was using my main camera. Uh, 
So, like I said, this may not be possible for some of you, as the majority of my, uh, of my listeners may be beginners and intermediate shooters, only having one camera. If I'm not having someone second shoot, I'm bringing that backup camera and it's going to be strapped on me at all times in case my main camera fails. And believe me, it can happen. If you think that it won't happen, you're wrong. But and just when you don't bring that extra camera or have some sort of backup, that's when your camera's gonna fail. That's when you're gonna miss shots. That's when you're gonna have to refund all their money. And I don't ever wanna refund money. Not that I'm greedy. I just like to get my money and I like to keep it. <laughs> you could also, uh, th- an- another reason that, you know, to bring the two cameras, if you don't have a second shooter, you can always, like I have a, a harness strap that I can str- I can hang two cameras on. Now I can have one camera with a different, a certain lens and I can have the settings already set. And then I can have my other, my main camera with a different lens. This will help to speed things along if you need to grab a different angle or a different shot using a different lens. You may not have the time or you may not want to stop and put your camera down and take all the precautions and steps that it takes to swap out a lens. Okay, do 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 do. Last time I'm just going to I'm just going to reference back to the shooting in low light episode that I did and tell you ride the ISO. Don't lower your shutter speed unless you want blurry photos. A little grain is better than having hands look blurry on a great shot. You know, I mean, like you're walking around, you see something cool happening and you want to take that shot and your shutter speed is down at 140th or 130th because you're trying to squeeze out every ounce of light that you can in the room. It's not going to help. But if you ride the ISO on most cameras these days, when you develop those photos that you've taken, you're not you're not even going to see. The grain now you're going to probably see it when you're editing and please don't use luminance to get that out Ugh, there's nothing worse in my opinion there's nothing worse than using luminance to get rid of grain or noise in the photo but i would much rather have a tack fo- uh, tack focus sharp photo with a little bit of noise versus wow that's a really good picture of their heads but then i have to crop it because their hands are all blurred Or, you know what I mean? Something like that. Something of that nature. Unless that's the look you're going for. So, I think that about covers it. I really thought this was going to take a lot longer. (laughs) So, I think that covers it for for right now. And I'm a little dizzy from all the talking. The next episode should be much shorter. Well, it'll probably be about about the same length, actually. But I'll be going into the editing process for shooting, for wedding shoots specifically. We'll probably, I mean, I might talk about a little bit about, you know, regular editing, but it's totally different than if you go out and you shoot 10 photos of a bird and then you come back and you edit, you want to, you'll probably edit all 10 photos. But when you shoot 2000, let's, let me stop right there. (laughs) I don't want to give away too much because I'd like there to be another podcast. Once again, thank you so much for coming back and listening to my little ramblings. I love you all. And I really hope that this was helpful. And if you'd like to send me some a question or a topic or anything that you need help with, please feel free to email me at jwmphoto1 at gmail.com. I will be anxiously awaiting all the emails that I'm going to get. 
and maybe I can turn it into a topic on the podcast. So with that being said, guys, again, I love you. And again, thank you so much for stopping back by and I will see you in the next one.